When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Wednesday, Secret Squad. I'm Robin McGraw, and this is a new episode of I've Got a Secret. I'm in the studio today with someone I absolutely adore, the fabulous Lisa Bilyeu. Welcome back to I've Got a Secret, Lisa. Oh my God, thanks so much for having me. And we're doing in person. Yes, yes, Lisa is here in studio, and I am so excited about that. Now, let me just give the listeners who don't know you a little background. Lisa is the co-founder of the billion-dollar Quest Nutrition and the co-founder and president of Impact Theory, a revolutionary digital media company. Lisa's new book, Radical Confidence, 10 No BS Lessons on Becoming the Hero of Your Own Life, shares lessons she's learned from her own personal journey of the transitioning from stay-at-home housewife to the powerhouse entrepreneur she continues to be today. This book is a funny, practical, and motivating look at the power you hold within yourself and have held all along. This is, of course, The Secret to Radical Confidence. Yay! I just want all of you listeners to know that I wish you were all here in this room with me and Lisa, because when I just read the title of her book, I got chills from the bottom of my toes to the top of my head because it's almost like it doesn't explain it enough of what this woman is capable of teaching and sharing. And I really want everyone to know that you just have to be in the room with her and see this smile on her face and the power and the energy and the passion that just exudes from her. So I'm like super, super excited that she's here and she is going to talk about this new book of hers. She's going to share with you. And I promise you at the end of this podcast, you are going to have the ability to create the confidence that you think you may be lacking, but actually you're not. You're going to have the power to pull it out even stronger after listening to Lisa. I hope I said that in a way that oh my God. explains what I'm so excited about. I can't stop smiling. Like literally my face right now is actually hurting a little. You know, when you <laughs> smile so much, your cheeks start to hurt. Because girl, being here right now, like there's that thing that when I was 14 years old, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't think very highly of myself. I had a lot of negative thoughts. When I was that stay-at-home wife, there's nothing wrong with stay- being a stay-at-home no, no. wife if that's your dream. Yes. But it wasn't mine. And so I felt stuck for eight years. And I've told you this story before, but I just want to make it very public to know because how much you mean to me. When I was that stay-at-home wife, I'd given up on my hopes, my dreams, and any future that I wanted. I just thought, oh, I'm supposed to, supposed to, I should take care of my husband and that's my duty and I remember seeing you on TV and being in the audience and being a the most beautiful support system to your husband but also being your independent powerful self and when I was at home watching you in no way shape or form did I ever even imagine 
ever imagine that I would be here with you today. And you giving me such amazing accolades. Literally, that's why my face was so like, I was smiling so much. And so if anything, can I just start by saying, anyone listening at home today right now that maybe has a dream or a thought where they're telling themselves it's not possible, right here, right now, I'm here to say it's freaking possible. Wow. Just thank you for Aww. saying that. However, I feel the same way. I can't believe I'm sitting here with you. And I say that because we've sat together before. I did your podcast. You did mine virtually because we were having the pandemic. We were all at home. And uh, so I am like thrilled that you're here with me in this room and we're going to spend another hour together. So thank you for saying that because I feel the same way about being with you. So I'm just thrilled that you have this fabulous new book and the title is so powerful. Can you give us your definition of radical confidence? Yes, thank you. Um, the amount of people as... Um, I started to step in front of the camera more and more. People started to reach out and say, Lisa, how do I get your confidence? And I was getting it so many times that I was like, are they talking about someone else? Like, I'm kind of like looking around. Like, they must be. There must be another Lisa in the room. Because if you heard how I spoke to myself, if you heard the... The, how often I'm fearful, how often I feel insecure, how much I tell myself that I'm not capable or I'm not good enough. You wouldn't think that I was confident. So as I started to really process this book, I started to think about what are people seeing? Because it's not true. And I realized that people see that I do things in a way, I act. They see me stepping in front of the camera. They see me getting on stage. They see me being bold. And that's what the message is. And so they think it's it's confidence, but actually it's radical confidence. And so radical confidence to me is being absolutely scared, maybe not having the skill set, maybe not even being ready, but taking the tools that I provide in this book and doing it anyway. I love it. So you are living proof. You are the example that you can believe it's possible and make it possible. And you've put it down on paper. You have put this book together. And by the way, I love the book. I love all the colors. It's kind of funny how these are my colors. If all the listeners were here in this room, you would see that it belongs in this room. Can I keep this book? Yes. I actually, that's actually the galley copy. So I'll send you the proper okay. copy, which okay. is hardback. And it's yes. got like the little shine. Me and you are so about visuals. We had yes. like, a, I was geeking out over your studio right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's got like the, the hardback. Oh, and it's I can't got like the, Yeah, the gloss and everything. So I'll definitely get you a proper one. I cannot wait. <laughs> 10 No BS Lessons in Becoming the Hero of Your Own Life. I love that. Thank you. Okay, so, so, and radical confidence is a decision that you make every single day. Is that right? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, because when people say to me, I want confidence, I want confidence. The thing that I say to them is, but you want confidence to do what? Confidence is a tool. It's actually not the end goal. And so we're putting so much time and energy into wanting the confidence to get started. And so I'm just like, it's not that. We're losing time and energy and pr like precious time. I spent eight years at home waiting for my life to change. And so now it's like radical confidence is something you can do every day. It means that you can absolutely be scared. It means that you don't necessarily need the skill set, but you've got to take that step forward. So knowing what your goal is, it may be a five-year goal. It may be a 10-year goal. But what are you doing right now today to get there? So let's say I said I wanted to be an Olympic um, bodybuilder. Let's just say 
Okay, that's so freaking audacious. Yep. That would take me years and years and years to maybe get there. So I go, what do I need to do today? Maybe today all I need to do is get a gym membership. In fact, maybe all I need to do, maybe I'm too scared to go to the gym. And now all I need to do is buy sneakers. Buy the sneakers that I'm going to wear to go to the gym. That's freaking being radically confident, being fearful about being that Olympic gold medalist or, you know, bodybuilder, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but taking one incremental step towards that goal. I love that. I love that. So really, it comes down to deciding what it is you want. Yes. What you need yes. to feel that confidence, that radical confidence in your life that you can have and be whatever it is that you're lacking, that you feel you need. Yes. So it basically comes down to a plan. Yes. <laughs> and But before that, it's really just a, a choice. It's a decision. It's a choice that you and only you can make. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because here's the thing, anything you try, the success isn't guaranteed. It's not guaranteed for any of us. No matter how many successes you have, Robin, no matter what I've done in my life, it doesn't mean that a success, the next success is guaranteed. So what is the process and are you enjoying yourself along the way? So first of all, assessing what is that goal? Like, what do you actually want out of your life? And then how do you take the steps to get there? And those are the things you need to lay out before you even get started, because you're not going to feel good about it when you first do. So it's getting started that then builds the, com the competence and it's the competence that then builds the confidence. So it's like kind of like the chicken and the egg. It's like it's not a mystery like the chicken comes first. Like it's very obvious that competence has to come before confidence. And so it just it becomes this um, how do I get out of my own way emotionally when I tell myself I'm not capable? Because that's the thing. Every day I say, oh my God, you're about to go on Robin McGraw's podcast. Like, are you going to say the right thing? Right? Like, the negative voice does take over, no matter how much I wish it wouldn't. And so I just go, okay, negative voice, what are you trying to tell me? And maybe it's saying, you know what, maybe you're not good enough for Robin McGraw yet. And here's the, no, here's the thing, it doesn't break my heart, Robin, because, oh, so I have to get better. Amazing. How do I get better? All right, Lisa. So what you need to do is you need to practice. Great. How do I practice? P pull out your iPhone. Answer, ask questions to yourself that you think maybe Robin will ask. Okay, great. Let me press record, right? N you can see me in real time coming up with a strategy that if I was worried about sitting in front of you, I wouldn't just be scared and not do it. I would go, how on earth do I keep doing it even if I don't feel good about myself? And I would come up with those little incremental steps in order so that I can be here and sit in front of you and have a chat with you. I love it. I love it. You were just talking about confidence. Yeah. Building your confidence. Yeah. Doing what it takes. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting in your book how you described losing yourself. You described this as a gradual phenomenon rather than I blinked one day and I was here. Yeah. So many people want the easy answer and I get it. It's like, what was that lightning rod moment, that, you know, thing that got you to get stuck? And what was that thing that got you out? And it's like, you have no idea, Robin, how much I want to tell people, oh, it was this and now you're fine. I really want to. It's just BS. Because the truth is, every tiny little decision we made, every tiny little decision I chose to make is exactly what kept me stuck for eight years. And not realizing it is exactly what kept me stuck for even longer. The second I realized, it was a choice. Not a big grand choice, it was a choice every day. Every day that I dismissed my unhappiness was a choice. Every day I didn't ask to live a better life. And when I say better, I mean the, my dream. 
that is a choice I made. And when you do that slowly, slowly over time, you then eventually, at least this is what happened to me, I didn't realize I had a choice. And to get out of it, it's no like I didn't hit rock bottom. So many people that make amazing decisions. I'm sure you know so many incredible women who have hit rock bottom. And because of that, they say, well, I've got nothing else to lose. So they take a gamble and maybe it works. And they've got this great success story. What about the hundreds of millions of us that don't hit rock bottom, that are stuck in what I call purgatory of the mundane? My life was just mundane enough. I woke up. I fed my puppies, I took care of them, I put clothes out for my husband, I cooked dinner for my husband, I went to Costco. It was just mundane. It wasn't bad, it wasn't amazing. And so I got stuck there. So now looking back, all of those little moments were a choice. And so now how do I unchoose it? How do I make different choices so that I can slowly, step by step, get out of it? And you have to decide, to your point, is decide Today is the day I'm going to make a different choice. It doesn't have to be big. If that scares you, it's okay. Just make one small choice to even ask yourself, am I happy? You know what I, as I'm hanging on every word you're saying, I'm realizing that what I'm really impressed with is that you are blaming only you. you you're not blaming your husband. You're not blaming your puppies or you're not blaming anyone but you. You're only holding yourself accountable. And I'm I'm really impressed by that. Thank you. I think it really came from the fact that I was looking outside of myself for so many years to help me feel a certain way. So I'll be happy when my husband's happy. I'll be happy when we reach this financial number. I'll be happy when, right? And it was always this when. And so I was making these choices And I was looking elsewhere. I was looking outside. When I was a stay-at-home wife, I literally would wait for my husband to come home and be like, babe, how was your day? Because I needed some excitement. And all of those things were absolutely choices. Now, looking back, if I was was giving my power away, I was saying, I need my husband to make me happy. I need a financial number to make me feel secure. I need this to make me feel a certain way. And as soon as I stopped looking at other people and I started saying, Lisa, this is on you. But isn't that the most beautiful thing? To your point, the ownership, the the accountability. Yes. It's beautiful. Now, the problem was I didn't have the right mindset. And so at that time, if I had looked into myself, I would have felt like, oh, my God, now it's all on me. Mm -hmm. And that pressure is just too much. And so I had to be slowly to be like, hang on a minute. Why do I feel empty here? Oh, because I'm looking to that person. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel empty here? Oh, because I'm waiting for them to do something. Yes. And then, so what are you going to do today? What are you going to do to own it? And like one of my favorite stories was the time that I realized I am my own hero, which is exactly why I have that subtitle. I don't know if you want me to share the story. Um, My... So I had massive gut issues, a lot of health problems. And we'd sold Quest. We were, you know, very financially secure, um, theoretically, you know, top of our success game. And my health was absolute, like, on the floor. Like, I couldn't eat more than four ingredients. That went on for, like, a year. I couldn't stand up for longer than five minutes at a time. I had massive gut distress. And in that process, I was trying to ignore it. Like a lot of us women do, just brush it off, don't do self-care, just keep going, keep going for the greater good of the company, greater good of the family, all of that. So I just kept pushing through it, pushing through it, and I had a photo shoot one day. 
and I'm in this photo shoot, and all of a sudden I get the worst crippling pain in my stomach to the point where like I could barely breathe. So I run upstairs and I excuse myself. I'm like, sorry guys, I just need to use the restroom quickly, right? Like just pretending nothing happened because of course you don't want to show weakness. Yes. All mistakes, everything I'm saying were mistakes, but I didn't want to show weakness. I run upstairs and I literally fall to my knees and I'm on the floor, on the cold bathroom floor, clutching my stomach in this beautiful house. And I'm like, oh yeah, success doesn't buy happiness. And here I am on the floor realizing all of this. And I'm like, okay, I need my husband to help me get up. I need my husband to help me get up. And so I call him and me and my husband have a rule. If you need me, if it's an emergency, uh-huh. if you call once, I actually can ignore you. If you call twice, I actually can ignore you. If you call me three times in the row, I don't care where I am, who I'm with, I will stop what I'm doing uh-huh. and I will answer that phone call. So we have this agreement in our relationship. So I call him once, Robin, he doesn't answer. I call him twice, he doesn't answer. I'm like, oh, I've got a fair time, I got him. Uh-huh. Call him a third time, he doesn't answer. <gasps> so now I'm no. on the floor. And I'm like, oh my God, I need my husband. I need my husband. What the hell am I going to do? And in that moment, I was like, I don't need him. I want him, but I don't need him. Lisa, you are your own freaking hero. Get up right now. And in that moment, I got up. I took deep breaths. I took some self drank some water, like took some deep breaths. And then I went downstairs and finished the photo shoot. (gasps) And at the end, my husband comes up and he's like, oh, babe, I just saw your missed calls. Is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, I got it. And God, that moment has burned into my skull because now it was the most beautiful lesson. How much do we look at other people saying, I need this, I need this? No, no, I want it. But because it wasn't there, because my crutch wasn't there, I was actually able to prove to myself what I was freaking made of. And that girl is exactly when I started to become the hero of my own life. I love that. Did you ever tell your husband, like how long after that? Did you share that with him? I did share it. And even to this day, this was um, maybe 2016, I want to say. It still upsets him. And this is a discussion we have because he's like, babe, you know, every time I hear you tell that story, it really upsets me. I was like, I know it does, babe, because he prides himself on being the person that wants to be there for his wife. And I said it, I said, like, I understand that that this is painful for you, but here's the thing. It is the most powerful lesson I've ever learned. Yes, you have to tell that story. Yeah. And so he understands why. It was why. a pivotal moment yeah. in your life. It was the number one most pivotal moment it in your was, life. It was, yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, because now I took that message. That message I took and I I put that on everything I do from a business standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, to anything. Literally, I'm like, oh, this is wrong. Okay, well, you're the hero of your own life. Stop waiting for other people to fix it. Stop turning to that person. What the hell are you going to do, Lisa, to fix it yourself? Now, I get a bit aggressive sometimes with myself because I like that. It gets me amped. Um, But that's exactly how I talk to myself. And it works. And it was all from that one day where going to perspective, how I could have looked at that day and been like, oh, the worst time of my life was when my husband wasn't there for me, yeah. right? Take the same situation. Right. What story do I make out of that, of that moment? That's exactly what I could have said. The time my husband didn't show up for me. That's one story I could say. Right. Or I could say the story that's so freaking empowering that makes me smile is the day I proved to myself what I was made of. The day I showed up for yeah. myself. That's Beautiful. Thank you. I, I'm sorry, husband, but it really, <laughs> it, it really has nothing to do with you. I'm not 
pounding on you. Yeah. I'm lifting myself up. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. I'm giving myself the credit of being my own hero. I love that. And I love how you encourage shifting your perspective from, can I do this? To, how can I do this? Yeah. You have to bet on yourself. That's what I hear from you. Yeah. And it's not blindly betting. I just want to make sure that that's very clear. It's not like I'm like, oh, I bet on myself to do this. I got this. No, no. It's like betting on yourself that you're going to move forward. Now, what does that mean? It's going to mean you fail. I love failure because failure actually means that you're trying. It actually shows you that you are worth it to you Mm -hmm. to try something new. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is so powerful. But when I say bet on yourself, it doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to win at everything. It just means that I am going to think of myself. If I don't bet on myself, why on earth would anyone else? That's right. Right. If you didn't believe in this podcast, why on earth are you expecting your audience to believe in it? That's exactly right. So you have to believe in it first. That's exactly right. And I, you know, I I can honestly say I've always been that way. Mm -hmm. I've, I don't know when it happened. I could sit here and think about it, but I'm not going to. But, but I, I do know that that's, that's the foundation of who I am. I have to believe in myself before anyone else will. And it goes back to what I do believe in, in, in that I have to take care of myself so I can take care of others. I have to take care of myself. I have to be the healthiest I can be so that I can be here to take care of those I love. So I can take care of my husband. I can take care of my children. And now I can take care of my grandchildren. I have to take care of myself. It is not selfish to put myself first. I believe that to the core of my being, my soul, I have to put myself first and it is not selfish. Robin, it's so admired. Like that was one of the things that I just so admire in you when I interviewed you as well. And here's the thing. It's so rare. Mm-hmm. It is rare. It is rare. Self-care is not selfish. I wish I could stand on the rooftop of every building in every city and scream it as loudly as I can. It is not selfish to put yourself first. It is the best, most loving thing you can do to put yourself first and take care of yourself, your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, everything. Put yourself first so that you can be the healthiest, happiest strongest, most complete woman you can be for the for yourself, of course, but for those that you love in your life. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have believed what you said unless sadly it happened to me with my health. Yes. Like I kept ignoring my self-care with quest. We were growing so quickly at fifty seven thousand percent. I literally didn't give myself a time to breathe. And every time that a moment came up where I was like, oh you can chill, I, I was hard on myself. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I mean, look, I think so many of us are. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, you need to show up. You should show up. People are relying on you. You're people pleaser. You want to make people happy. You want to be reliable. Mm-hmm. All these things um, ca- we carry with us. And then that dictates how we show up. And the problem is, is that I was showing up every day as not my best self. Because yes, over right. time, I was getting, like you even just said, like making sure you're happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about self-care, like, let's even just talk about something silly for a second. Hangry. Mm-hmm. People get hangry. Yeah. Because you just don't eat. Yep. So now imagine you don't get sleep that you need. You're not eating the nutrition you need. Mm-hmm. You're not giving yourself the space. We all need quiet time. That's and if we're not doing all of that, what ended up happening to me is I was grinding. I was actually putting my validation on how much I was grinding, which is a massive mistake. Mm-hmm. But I started to get validation by people going, oh, my God, Lisa, look what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Look how much you're building. Yes. So I was like, oh, well, I've got to keep 
getting this validation mm-hmm. because it was the only place I was getting it from. That's I wasn't right. getting it from myself. Okay. So I kept putting myself into it more and more. That got me very sick. And then, you know, like I said earlier, it got so bad where I couldn't stand up for longer than five minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I realized what you're saying. I'm like, I can't be a great wife to my husband because I can't even stand up. Mm-hmm. I can't be a good boss because I am so drained and I'm seeing double most of the time because my cognitive behavior isn't functioning because I can't eat. And so in those moments where I realized how I really wasn't showing up at all, that was the the big, you know, slap in the face I think that I needed to be like, it's so cliche, but put your oxygen mask on first. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I have to tell you, when I talk about putting yourself first is not selfish and, and taking care of yourself in every area, it actually starts before that. I think just making the decision to take care of yourself is self-care. And that's so important. I'm not saying take a half a day and go chill in the backyard in the, in the, in the hammock or uh, it, it's different for everyone. Mm. And sometimes, just as you said, it's it's just making that choice to start doing something. And it can be two minutes in your day or two hours. It doesn't matter. It's whatever you need in your life, just as you decided, wait a minute, I'm not going to look to anyone else. I'm going to look to myself to decide what it is I need to be happy. But whatever it is, it's, it actually starts with just making the choice that you deserve it and making the decision within yourself that it's not selfish to make the decision. That right there is monumental. That's monumental. Okay, they're right. I do deserve it. It's not selfish. Just admitting that and accepting that is the first step. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. You have to. And then once... And when I say you have to, actually, that isn't the right word because I don't like the, the shoulds, have to, Should things like have, that. Yes. But it's you kind should of do like, this. You must do this. You yeah. have to do this. I don't like that. The question that I would just ask people is right now, how are you feeling? Are you feeling burnt out? Are you feeling worn, worn down? And so if you are, okay, ama- like amazing. When I say amazing, I'm like, now that you know, and that's beautiful. So now just say, how do I incrementally, going back to the steps that I was saying earlier, make choices to start taking care of myself? Maybe it is getting a 30 minutes more sleep. Like, what is that? And then stating it out loud, but stating it to the people around you on why it's important. So that's what I would do with my husband. It's like, babe, look, this is really what I need right now. I really want to show up as my best self. I'm feeling really tired. I would love to just X, Y, and Z, whatever. But I think that communication piece, Mm -hmm. so that people don't, because look, you're going to get backlash. No matter, I hate to say it, but you will, right? So it's how do you handle that and not give in and not sacrifice more because that's the thing I think why we don't want backlash we don't want to upset people we don't want to you know rustle any feathers so we just keep doing what we're doing and so speaking out loud now if someone pushes back I think it's better to be prepared for someone to push back a and then b just have a um, an idea of what you're going to say to them. So that's what I would say. Like, I'm feeling really burnt out right now and I'm actually really sad or I'm really struggling. And I think it might be because I, I need some more sleep. You know, I'd love your help here. If you've got kids, like, would you mind taking the kids for an hour? Or, you know what, I just need to switch my phone off and listen to music. I just need that for five minutes. Like, do you mind just covering this area? And once you start to speak out loud what you were saying, right, first of all, it comes with telling yourself, Then it comes with telling out loud. And 
what ended up happening for me is because of my gut health, I decided to switch off on Saturdays. Now, look, I don't have children, so I understand that isn't possible for a lot of people. But I literally said, from here on out, my phone is being switched off on Saturdays. I love that. Girl, you have no idea how many people freaked out. They were like, but what if we need to reach you? What if, so my family in England, what if we need to reach you? People at work, what if we need to reach you? And I said, okay, family in England, I'm doing this for my mental health. Mm -hmm. So let's actually talk about this. The reality is you live 12 hours away, yes. minimum. Yes. So let's face it, any emergency, it would still take me 13 hours to get to you. And then with work, it's, hey, you've got Tom's phone number. If it's a true emergency and you're worried the, the company's about to burn into the ground, text Tom. And thirdly, if you don't have my number, if you don't have Tom's number, it means that we're not close enough for you to disturb my self-care time. Yes, yes. And, and also, sorry, yeah. this is about me. Yeah. And I need it and I'm going to do it. So it's really not up for discussion. Yeah. And then what ends up happening though, what I found is that as I started to be consistent and I actually was very respectful for it because I was like, my, even my sister who's closest to me, she's like, you're not even going to give me like your, because I, I have a spare phone as like emergency thing. She's like, you're not even going to give me your, that phone number. And I was like, no. She goes, I'm your sister. And I was like, yeah, I love you more than life itself. I hope after 42 years, you don't need my cell number to my emergency phone for you to feel the love from me, right? Exactly. And so, it comes so if you really love me, you'll completely understand why this is happening. Yeah, and what ends up happening, the most beautiful thing is people see the change in you yeah. and people see, oh my God, this is good for her. And now what happens is, go, you wouldn't believe it. Literally, the other day I said something, my sister's like, but your phone's going to be off, right? She was the one oh, making sure my it. phone was off. So now what's happening is, is you then become an example. Because uh -huh. that's the thing. The first thing, the first time you say it, it sometimes actually can be a reflection of other people saying, oh, you're not taking self-care time. Yes. So people think, oh, that's a, no, no, no. What do you mean taking self-care time? Because yes. they realize yes. they're not. Yes. Then if you keep going, they start to respect you. Yes. And in that respect of staying firm on what you're saying you need and you handle it with grace and respect, then you see the change in them. Right. that's when you're freaking throwing the little pebble in the water and creating a tsunami. That's so true. That's so true. And I, I really feel like when you say something, I really believe it in every area of your area of your life, uh, especially if you're a parent, when you say something to your child, back it up, always never back down, never back down. But I'm the type, I myself believe when I say something, I mean it and I back it up. I stand by it always like, I say always, but I really do believe when it's something very, very important, I mean it. And when you get to be my age of 68, pretty much everyone around me knows by now. If I say it, well, she means it. There's no sense in arguing with her about it. She, If she says it, she's thought about it, she means it. So, and that's really nice because you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent with things that you know need to happen in your life. Yes. Don't let anyone talk you out of it or argue with you. It's like, this is not up for discussion. Mm -hmm. That's a good response that comes from me. Pretty much everyone knows. Oh, this is not up for discussion. <laughs> but what's interesting is, as you're talking, it's like you really built a reputation, yeah. right? And so it comes to the point where your reputation is, oh, when she says this, she means it. Yes. And that's the thing is that some people, they don't have the reputation yet. And the re in fact, they do. The reputation is, is they're the person that gives everything to everyone else and doesn't mm -hmm. take anything from themselves. Right. They probably get accolades for that. And yes. that's the problem mm -hmm. is that you get pats on the back for being there for other people. Uh -huh. yes. So now,
now it's the identification of where you're going to get your validation from inside yourself instead of outside yourself. That's right. And then what reputation do you want? Yes. Because I believe that reputation isn't built, I mean, maybe in the media, um, I was going to say a reputation isn't built or, or um, crumbles overnight. It becomes a stepping stone of who have you been? Who do you show up time and time and time and time again? And so right now with everything we're discussing, I think if people have that problem of going from someone that hasn't got that reputation yet of being the person that takes self-care seriously, it's like, I just want to tell people, don't worry. That's the great thing about radical confidence. It becomes a one little step at a time. Yes, Baby steps, because that reminds me of a saying I all I truly, truly believe in. When you put everyone else first, you're teaching them you come second. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. So we do two things in every podcast, and one is drink of the day. And I think this is maybe a good time for us to do our drink of the day. And I'm so happy that we're together uh, unlike our first time. So we create a drink Ooh. of the day oh my God. for our guest uh, and amazing. our theme. So we've Have named- you shown this. people these? Sorry. Yes. Aren't they adorable? We were just talking about purses and shoes oh and our, some of our it's favorite so things amazing. in life before the podcast. So, Thank you, by the way. And you'll notice all of the pink and the black. We oh even did our oh, napkins yeah. to match your oh book. Oh, my God. And this drink is to match your book. Oh, my God. And you'll God. notice it Too has pink. Okay, so the name of this drink today is called Radical Pink Margarita. Oh, my God. And I love the hot pink theme for your new book, so I decided to do a special hot pink margarita to match. It has one ounce lime juice, one half ounce simple syrup, four ounces of rosé wine, and one ounce of pink tequila. Cali Rosa is a tequila that ages their tequila in wine barrels, giving a beautiful pink tint. You throw everything in a shaker with ice and give it a healthy shake. Strain into a rocks glass over ice. And we have a gorgeous hot pink rim on our drink that you're going to have to visit. I've got a secret with RobinMcGraw.com to find out how to make it. It is so cute. It is just beautiful. So in honor of your book, oh cheers. God, are you joking? This is next level, girl. And this then also amazing. you'll notice our napkins have the, the pink on them. I just love it. So again, listeners, go oh to I've God. Got a Secret I with RobinMcGraw.com and get a look at our napkins, our drink, the hot pink salt on the top of the glass, everything in honor of Lisa's new book. Wow. Girl, and I said this, I think, off camera, mm. but... I love being inspired. Like how I stay energized is I look like what are the things that like pull up my heart? When I walked in here, oh my God, your studio is stunning, like your style. I love how much you own who you are. Thank you. It took me so long to do that. It took me years to do that. And so when I see it in other women, I just get incredibly inspired. Thank you. 
I'm a very cheap date. I had one sip and I'm like, ooh. I know, me too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I I've even got a signature drink. Are you? Yes, yes you McGraw. do. The last time we got together, we talked a lot about imposter syndrome and how damaging that concept can be for our self-esteem. Something you reflected on in the book is looking at situations as inspiring Instead of intimidating. I love that. I love that concept. Can you talk about that? Yes. Growing up, I was was teased and bullied. And so girls to me or women weren't friendly. Mm. And so I just inevitably, sadly, saw them as competition, as a reflection of how bad I was really. Mm-hmm. And so as I started to write the book, I started like, it's the difference between jealousy and envy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was jealous when I would look at incredible women mm-hmm. because it made me feel like I, I couldn't get there, how bad I was, how unpretty I was, how incompetent I was, mm-hmm. how uneducated I was. Um, and so it made me feel worse about myself. And so I wouldn't look at inspiring women because I just didn't feel good about myself. And, but then there's envy. There's that woman where you look and she's got things and you're like, oh my God, I want that. And holy hell, wow, Robin did it. I can do it too, right? Like that goes from being from intimidation that doesn't help you. Intimidation won't move you forward. It only makes you feel worse about yourself. To inspiration, to being, you know what? I may not be there today, but the truth is I can get there because look at what Robin did. Like you have no idea how much I use that now as power. And it's like the thing that I say, it was like, it was my kryptonite, but now it's my superpower. (gasps) I love that. Seeking validation from others can also perpetuate this. Mm -hmm. So when you're just starting out, you probably won't get validation from others, don't you think? Um, I think it depends. So really, I mean, look, you can get validation from people who are like, who are risk takers, right? And they're like, yes, you're taking a risk. Good job. Even if the risk is dangerous or maybe Mm -hmm. not a smart decision or wise. So um, I think that there's so many different places we can get validation from. And that's my point is that really we should be seeking validation from ourselves Uh because validation feels great. Yeah. Right. Yes. It feels wonderful when you get comments on your YouTube or on your podcast where people are saying how much this thing that you said really hit them. It feels great. Yes. The problem is now you're opening yourself up to allowing other people external things to dictate your worth and how you feel about yourself. And so that's where I go. It's just a dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Now, how on earth do I switch it? Because that's the thing. I'm all about don't beat yourself up over something if it's the situation. Mm-hmm. Like if you right now are listening and you seek external validation from other people, from a parent, from a partner, from your teacher, from your co-workers, whatever, don't beat yourself up. Just recognize it. That's step number one. Then step number two to say, what is it about this validation that makes you feel good? And now I would start to pivot and say, what are the things that I can do to make me, me feel good about me? Yes. And what does that actually look like? Yes. And so for me, even with the book, like there's that part of me that was like, of course, I would find external validation if it got in the New York Times. Right. That's Uh just inevitable. But what if it doesn't, Robin? What if the book crashes and burns? Now, in that moment, and we're talking right now where the book hasn't come out. So Mm -hmm. I can, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very truthful that I'm saying I've processed it. And I've said right now I need to anchor how I feel about the book before it gets released Uh so that I do not wait or look for external validation for that. So I said, okay, what is that going, what's going to give me that with the book? 
did I try my best? Mm -hmm. Did I leave everything out on the table? And here's the beautiful thing about that. You know. Uh You know. No one else can, you know. So did you feel like you gave it all? Did you give it the best opportunity? So what I did is as soon as I started the book, I was like, I have no idea how to write a book. That's okay, Lisa. Give yourself grace. Now be the learner. And so what I started to do is I anchor my identity in being the person that can learn. So I go, a year and a half ago, I didn't know how to write a book. And now I do, Robin. (gasps) And so I'm the learner. And that's what I'm tying my identity to. So now if the book doesn't do well, or if the book does well, neither of those actually make a difference Uh. because I've actually learned how to write the book. So I know that I've left everything out on the table. I know I did my research. And I know that I've grown from doing it. And I'm priding myself on that. But the work has to be done beforehand. That's the thing. That's, That's the key. Right. But That's self-awareness right. is the biggest hurdle or the biggest key to doing this entire process. And you wrote the book not so it would be a success. Oh, Air I wrote- co- I'm like quoting. <laughs> not so it would be a success, but so that you could write a book about what you truly believe in your heart is important and life-changing for someone else. Yes and no. So explain. I am very transparent. So Mm -hmm. I didn't write this book for one person to be impacted. I wouldn't have spent a year and a half, a year and a half of my life Mm -hmm. because I've made the decision to not have children Mm -hmm. so that I can impact young girls on a global scale. I've made that my my, my mission. Mm -hmm. So I know what my North Star is. Uh So everything I do goes to that North Star. So when I even write the book, a successful book helps me on my mission. Yes. Getting the book sold Millions of copies helps me reach that global scale. Yes. So I almost don't want to f- pretend to myself that a successful book doesn't matter. It does because True. it aligns with oh, my of mission. Of course you want it to be a success. Yes. But what I mean is if it is not a success, we were talking about right, if right, it's not right. a success. Yes. Sorry. Yes. But you can still Perfect. say to yes. yourself, yes, I put my heart and soul into this book yes. to write, to give the message I believe in, I stand by. And so- if anyone reads it, mm-hmm. as many people that read it mm-hmm. will at least know my message, what I believe in from my heart. Yes, a thousand percent. Is This book has to be truthful. It has to have everything that I've given to it. Yes. And it has to be a true reflection of how I really do believe mm-hmm. you can go from a life of giving up your hopes, your dreams, and feeling stuck and literally thinking this is going to be the rest of your life Mm -hmm. to flipping it upside down. Yes. This is the truth of the book. And so you're right. If it isn't a success, I can be freaking damn proud of myself that I've walked away with a book that is absolutely a reflection of my heart and soul. And that you are successful. Yes. And you are successful. Because I've achieved that in the book. Yes. Correct. Yes. I That's believe nice it's going to be a huge success. Mm. I just got chills again. Uh, and to me, uh, just for those who don't know, to me, that's a validation always when I get chills. It's like, mm. I believe it's going to be a huge success. Thank you, girl. I really appreciate that. Let's talk about one of your rules, embracing the ick. Yes. Let's talk about that. Yes. Yes. It's one of my favorite chapters. Um So it's called Open the Can of Worms and Embrace the Ick. Mm -hmm. And opening the can of worms to me is about asking the hard question. So many of us don't want to actually look at the reality. And that was me. I didn't want to ask the hard question of, am I happy? 
when I was there for eight years. And the reason why, and I call that opening the can of worms, is because I didn't want to face the ick. The, the messy stuff that comes with our, our asking a hard question. Yes. Because then you have to answer it. So now what if your question is, am I happy in my marriage? And the answer is no. Now you have to face what that leads to. And now you have to ask yourself a whole host of questions that are super uncomfortable and hard to ask. Like, is my husband willing or my partner, is my partner willing to work on this relationship? Am I willing to work on this relationship? Is there any non-negotiables? Have we come to a point of no return? If so, do we get a divorce? Do we have to sell the house? Who gets the kids? What about Christmas, right? And now you can see it opens up so many emotional questions that everyone, it's understandable. Give ourselves grace yes. to go why, like, oh, that's why we don't ask ourselves the question because yes. you don't want to face it. But girl, no matter how, I've had my show now for three years. I've had so many therapists on my show, that especially relationship therapists. And yes. they say, not once, where they, a couple came and sat on their couch and someone always says, you know, I knew this marriage was over four years ago, five years ago, six years ago, but I thought I could make it work. Or I thought that staying with the status quo was better. And they, the therapists just time and time again say to me, they always end up breaking up. The moment someone knows, they eventually end up breaking up. And the question is, how long do you stay in that time? And that's the problem, is that yes. you they stay there. The they avoid the ick because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It really is. But if you know the ick is coming, wouldn't you just rather like rip the band-aid off? And look, I know it's not as easy as saying that. So I think it really does come to right now for someone to sit there and say, what doesn't feel right in your life? Yes. Like, don't judge yourself. Honestly, I beg of you, don't judge yourself for it. But just be honest. And what is that? Is it work? Is it your health? Is it a friendship? Is it a partnership? And now ask the questions that are really deep rooted in your gut. And don't worry, maybe you're not ready to answer them. Just write them down for now. Mm -hmm. Give yourself the grace. And then maybe tomorrow or when you're feeling ready, go one by one and just start answering. And then one by one, start going, how am I going to then handle this? Mm -hmm. What's my next action? Because once we start acting, it really does, like as cliche as it is, you feel like you're taking your power back. That's right. And then that encourages you to keep doing more and more. That's wonderful. And so when you embraced the ick, you realized it's really not him, it's me. Well, my ick, my opening the can of worms was, do I want to be a stay-at-home wife? And this was when, as Quest was growing, I was trying to do both. So I was mm -hmm. trying to do be the stay-at-home wife and be amazing at that. And I was trying to help crush the company. And, if, you know, it doesn't sound surprising, right? So many of us do that. And eventually I, I felt like I wasn't doing either one great. Yeah. And so in that moment, after a while, I was like, I really need to decide. And the thing was, business lit me up. I couldn't deny it. Yeah. It lit me up. And so that was the thing. Do I still want to be a stay-at-home wife? Uh -huh. And that was the hard question. And the answer was no. So the ick was having to sit down, communicate that with my husband, figure out what we were going to do as a couple, how we were going to navigate that situation. And then the second big can of, uh, open, the can of worms that I opened was, do I want children? And again, the answer was no. And I told my husband when I first married him, I wanted four. Oh, that's a lot of ick to, to yes. clear up. <laughs> yes. And God bless him for sitting down with you, letting you tell him everything you felt, listening, 
and you coming together with that yeah. information because that's heavy heavy information. It was. And that, that was, um, it was a tricky thing to navigate. And I think, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing at the time. And so we just, what are the things that we know? We know that we want each other to be happy. It's like, I want my husband to be happy. I can't be in a great relationship if my husband isn't happy and vice versa. And so I took that idea and I sat with him and I said, babe, I've been miserable for years. And I'm so happy now. I didn't realize what I was capable of. And I know right now I take care of you and it must be great. And I hope you know that I love you more than life itself. But I do not want to take care of you anymore. And please know that has no reflection of how much I love you. Mm -hmm. It's just not fulfilling. That's right. And so how together can we navigate this situation? And he turned around to me and he's like, babe, what kind of husband would I be? If you've just sat here and told me how happy you are, that I would rather you be unhappy out of comfort for myself. He's like, no. He's like, let's get uncomfortable. So what I did is in that, I then said, look, I want to show you respect that I'm the one changing. And so it's important to me to not just be like, oh, I'm changing. And as my partner, you've got to deal with it. That's so disrespectful. So I said, how do we do this together? So I said, all right, babe, I need one. I need to give you space to grieve the wife you thought I was going to be. How can I help you there? Number two, I need to grieve the wife I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to have four children and that's still part of me. That was like, it still like lights me up. It's just, I want business more. So I had to grieve part of it because I think that we live in a world where we think that um, if we're like, if we know what part or path we want, then we're excited to get rid of everything else. No, uh -huh. no. You, there are things that are hard to let go of, but uh -huh. I knew it was in service of that goal I wanted. So I said, all right, babe, I have to grieve as well. And then what we'll do is we'll, quote unquote, wean you off me being your stay-at-home wife. So right now I take care of you. I put your clothes out for you, you know, um, gym clothes, work clothes, pajamas. I put your <laughs> breakfast, lunch and dinner out for you. Like he's sorted. He doesn't do anything else. <laughs> so I was like, so what we'll do next week is I'll do that for six days. You had one child. <laughs> yeah, I had one child, yeah. Um, but he was actually going out and working. So yes, it was yes. like, I was that, you know, yeah. I, it was like the partnership. Yeah. So I was like, so what I'll do now, babe, is next week I'll do six days. The week after that, I'll do five. The week after that, I'll do four. And the week after that, I'll do three. And I was like, how does that feel? And he's like, actually, that, that really helps. That would really help me. And I was like, okay, great. I said, but I want you to know, I want to be an amazing wife. I want, I want to feel like an amazing wife. Forget about you. I yeah. want to feel it. And to me, what would make me feel like a great wife is to still cook for you on Saturdays and Sundays. Are you okay with that? And he was like, babe, that's lovely. Thank you. And so now even on weekends, he's like, babe, you're too busy. And I'm like, no, I want to. It's for me. So that's how we went from having this life where we had these very specific roles in our relationship where I realized who I was, what I was capable of, what my hopes, what my dreams were. I refused to give up now because I'd done that for eight years. I made that decision based on what you had said earlier. I made that decision. I was no longer going to live this life. And I took my husband and I said, babe, how do we do this together? together. With a plan, with respect, with communication. It wasn't easy. But that's how you go from feeling like you have zero control to take in total control over the situation. I love hearing this. That is a very powerful way to make a change in your marriage yeah. together. 
And you've been married now how long? We're about to celebrate our 20-year wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, come on. It's, it's not even close to you and Phil, but look, hashtag goals, girl. Hashtag goals. Exactly. We're about to, <laughs> we will celebrate on our next anniversary, which is going to be just around the corner, maybe in four months, 46 years. That's insane. Uh, I just can't believe it. And that's the thing. It's not luck. It no, it's is not luck. luck. It's, no, it's not. It's work every day. It's a, it's a full-time job, a great full-time job. I'm so glad you said that. There's so many people. I had an interview. I can't remember who it was with. Actually, I can. I'm not going to say who, though. I don't want to <laughs> put them on blast. But they had this whole conversation about relationships. And they're like, I don't understand. Relationships shouldn't be work. Like, it should be you feel the heart. No. And I'm like, but if I said to you, your business is going to be, like, if you do a startup, it's actually going to be work. If you run a business, yeah. it's going to be work. Would yeah. you be surprised? No. So why on earth are we okay with putting time, energy, and resources into a business, but for some reason we're not okay with feeling like we have to put time, energy, and resources into a relationship? Exactly. Of course you do. It's the most important business you're going to run. I completely agree with you because something that you do every day and focus on every day to be a success, it's okay to call it a job. I find that to be a positive description. Yeah. And we do, we work at it every day. Now, maybe it's just mentally every day. It's not like we go, we walk in and we have this ritual we do or anything like that. But mentally, we work on our marriage every day. Mm, I love that. And I mean, look, the results show, right? Right, right. And look, it's not perfect. I'm so with you. And then how many people also, and the reason, why, like, they say, oh, you're lucky. And here's the thing. I'm like, A, that actually, <laughs> I don't believe it. But then I also, B, you saying that doesn't serve you. Because if you think my 20-year relationship is based on luck, like, I feel bad then that it's what, random? Like, exactly. I actually don't like that notion. I think I the agree. notion is, is that. Well, hang on, that, that story I just told you, right, where I said I married uh -huh. my husband, I told him I wanted four children, and now here I am saying, hey, you're taking care of yourself and I don't want any kids. I'm going to go over here and be, do this <laughs> entrepreneurship thing, yeah. right? In, in a different marriage with a different partner, they wouldn't have accepted that in That's me. right. And what would they have done? I said, look, you're changing. I want kids. Yes. You said that that's what Bait and switch. Isn't Bait, that what it's called? Right. And Bait and, and switch. Yeah, and they, that's how they may feel. So in different with different people, with different types of communication skills, That's those right. are the possible results. That's right. So hell no, it wasn't luck. Don't, in fact, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice and me and my relationship a disservice mm -hmm. by saying it's luck. That's because right. Because now it's actually saying you have to just roll the dice and hope. That's right. And that is not true. No. That is not true. It is a focus you give full time to every day. Which I think is beautiful. Like mm -hmm. that, the fact that that is actually the realization mm -hmm. to go, mm -hmm. I just want... I want the real answer, even if it's hard. And now it's up to me to say, am I willing to do it? Like that isn't so many people. Yeah. If, if other things are more important to you, a hundred percent, you should not do it. That's true. That's true. And when embracing the ick, I also think it's important for the listeners to know that there is a difference between discomfort and pain. Mm. And as you say, you don't get brownie points for pushing through the pain. No, I did it too much. And it becomes, you know, it just became more and more detrimental. Yes. And so it's like where knowing where that fine line is for you. So, you know, it's something just um, uncomfortable. And that's just because you're out of your comfort zone, you know, or is it actually now becoming detriment to your life, your goal and what you're trying to do in your life. And to me, everything comes back to being so, so self-aware. And sadly, everything has come in like, in hindsight, you know, I almost like don't know how to go, you know, like not do things in hindsight. Yeah. So it's like, 
when you've really pushed through pain, you know those moments where it was detrimental to you. Now flash back and write down what are the signs that happened that you can identify in the future. Mm -hmm. And what are those red flags that now you're pushing yourself from discomfort into pain? And what are the things though that are actually just discomfort that you're trying to persuade yourself is actually pain? So that you also have that to go to where it's a sign is like, okay, this doesn't feel good, but you know what? It's just because I'm uncomfortable. Yes, yes. Comfort zone. Yeah. Comfort zone is not always something that you should stay in. So something I love about your book, one of the many things I love about your book, is how you really embrace your fallible human side as well as the superhero side. I love it. Thank you. It's almost like I don't really know what how else to do it. It's true, but <laughs> it's a very approachable look at self-betterment, yeah. in my opinion. Thank you. I, that was really the goal. So I think so many of us try and fit into a bucket. Mm -hmm. And so when I started writing the book again, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. Okay, so who are all the authors that I admire? And let, you know, you kind of go into, let me just mimic them. And so as I was like, okay, well, this author did this and I love this about this. And then I was like, okay, Lisa, you're so, you're, I can't write someone else's book. Like I'm yeah. so authentic. I need to write all the messiness that is me and all the, yes. the weirdness that's me and the, the way that I think. And so that was then the like, in fact, you've said it before and I've repeated it a million times that it's just a decision you then make. Yes. And so I decided, you know what? This is the book I'm going to write. And in the editing process, a lot of, it was funny because you get feedback. I, yes. You know, I'm yes. very new to this. So you get feedback from people you've never met before. Yes. And yes. basically it's big red lines through your work. Uh, Big massive red line. I got so sensitive to that because I like, no, that's really important. Don't, don't run down. And that's so true. And that was the thing. I wasn't sure because I'd never written a book before. I was the, I felt like the novice. So I was turning to all the experts to be like, okay, tell me if this is right or not. Yeah. And then as I was getting feedback, it started to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then going back to self-awareness, I'm like, okay, I've been here before. This uncomfortableness means I'm I'm now slipping into something that doesn't feel like me. And because I've identified that uncomfortable feeling, I immediately recognized the flag. And then I was like, all right, this is me. So big capitals, long words, like, oh my God. You mm -hmm. know, and I'll put the O like five times or whatever. Yeah. And through each edit, people were trying to edit it down. I'm like, guys, like, I get it. This isn't how people normally write books, but this is the Lisa way. And it's like, I'd rather fail the Lisa way than succeed someone else's way. Mm -hmm. I completely understand and agree with that. Because with my first book, I sent it in, the manuscript, and just some random editor started ch making changes. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know you. You don't know me. And you are you have completely changed my voice. Mm. And I had to, I stepped up and went, oh, no, 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 this is not going to happen. Just give me back the manuscript. <laughs> and then the head of the publishing company stepped in and went, oh, I'm sorry. I can't believe this person did this. We're going to start all over. And you're right. He completely changed your voice. Mm. And I said, yeah, the reason I wrote this book is it's from my heart. In fact, inside my heart, Choosing to Live with Passion and Purpose is the name of my book. And I didn't even come up with the title of the book until chapter five, mm -hmm. because I had to write about losing my mother so suddenly. And I can remember I was sitting in the office with Philip at home and I said, well, I'm going to go now and start chapter five. And it's about losing my mother. And we had 
talked about the title of the book and gone back and forth and he'd made some suggestions and I was like, no, that just doesn't sound like the title for me. And what do you think about this? And so we had discussed numerous titles and I just, I knew I'd know it when I heard it. And mm. so I got up from the chair and I said, well, I'm going to go sit on the patio and I'm going to start the chapter about losing my mother so suddenly. And it's going to be really hard, but I'm just going to get inside my heart. And I went, oh, that's it. That's the title of the book, Inside My Heart. And he went, it is. So it's kind of like, you know, when you're writing a book, do you agree? You know, when you've written either a, a paragraph or a chapter or you have come up with a title, mm -hmm. that that's what it's supposed to do. And when someone else who doesn't mm -hmm. even know you starts making changes, you're like, no. That can't happen. What was hard for me, is so fascinating as you're talking, because I'm like flashing back to the situation. I really struggled with it because such a big part of me when I enter business is I think about, I'm not an expert in everything. And the whole point of why you hire other people is they're better at you at this thing. And so if they're better at you, then listen, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. I, I had to find my footing. And this is kind of what I do a lot in business. It's like you hire experts to teach you, to show you, to explain to mm -hmm. you so that I can learn. Mm -hmm. And then once I understand and learn it, then I st take a step back and go, and does this feel right? And are they actually the expert in this thing? So yes. for instance, with the book, I was like, there are all these red lines and I, I it immediately took it personally. I'm like, oh, that story's amazing. Yes. What do you mean you want to cut it? And so immediately as soon as I said that, I'm like, okay, they're the experts. So ask them why. Start understanding. Go in as the learner. And so I kept asking them why. And when the answer made sense, I was like, oh, you're at, even though I love this story, you're 100% right. If then their, their answer or their reasoning didn't feel aligned with me, I would go, thank you so much. I really hear you. I appreciate your opinion. I disagree, though, and this is what I'm going to do. Completely agree. Um, because I, I used to do, like just spin. A, I used to just listen to all the experts mm -hmm. and ignore myself. Or I would be so bullish because I was worried that someone would be able to persuade me because I didn't feel strong enough. I would have to be bullish and be like, no, it's going to be this way and my way or the highway because I was so fearful that someone was going to break my will. Yeah, right, right. I, I'm, I'm the person that always says, well, you're the expert. So tell me what you think. But I With never the, give in just because they are the expert, because I'm the expert at me. Ha ha ha, I love that. So please tell everyone when and where to get their hands on this book. Yeah, buddy. So it comes out May 10th. Um, you can go to radicalconfidence.com. Um, I've got so many like bonuses. I've actually got some free classes on there, some PDFs, some workbooks. Because to me, this really is, it's not just a read and forget. I really do believe in order to build radical confidence, it's not a one and done. It's like anything. You have to rinse and repeat. It's like going to the gym. If you build muscle, you have to sustain it. So um, radical confidence, I wanted to supply a lot of bonus stuff that go <gasps> with it so that it can, people can really like, go down that journey. Um, so that's radicalconfidence.com. I love that. Bonus, bonus. You get extras when you order yeah. the book. Yeah. I love it. So that's in six days, listeners. It comes out. So go there, order it now. Yes. You get all these little bonus, a bunch of bonus gifts with it. Yeah. And that's just wonderful. Thank I love you. it. I love it. That's That just shows how much you believe in this book, how much you really believe in the listeners and how they can change and, and have such a powerful, radical confidence in their <laughs> life. You've given them extras. I love it. So go to the site. Say it again. Radicalconfidence.com. Love it.
Oh, I'm so happy for you. So we've come to the place in the podcast where we play a game. I love games. I can never end my podcast without having some fun because I love games too. So this game, again, just like our drink, we created for our guest and her book. So if you don't have anything nice to say, that's the name of our game. In your new book, I love the (laughs) chapter on making your negative voice your BFF. So in this chapter, you took some common negative thoughts and reframed them to be empowering. An example I love, you turned, you never have your shit together into, you need to make a plan and be prepared. So I think the way we talk to ourselves is so important. So we're both going to reframe some negative thoughts for today's game. Amazing. So number one, and I'll let you go first. I just sounded so stupid. You're not fully educated on this subject yet, so get educated. I love it. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to turn it into... I just said something that probably didn't make sense. So let me rephrase it so I sound so smart. (laughs) I love this game. (laughs) Okay, number two. Why can't I get this right? It's all good, Lisa. You can get it right. Just keep practicing and you'll get there. I love it. Okay, I'm going to change it into... Well, I didn't get it right that time, but I'm going to try one more time because I know I'm going to get it perfect. (laughs) Number three, I'm not as pretty, smart, talented, etc. as her. Am I going first again? Yes. Okay. Um, You have some amazing things. You have some amazing qualities about you. Let's remind you what they are. I love that. I love that. It's always about going inside, right? Anytime I'm finding myself accidentally going outwards, I always try and immediate flip it inwards. Okay, so I'm going to say, wow, that woman is so pretty. She's so smart. She's so talented. She's so much of everything. And you know what? I bet she's saying the same thing about me. (laughs) Mic drop. That was a good one. (laughs) Number four, I hate doing this task. Yes, I do hate doing this task, and that's okay. (laughs) It's okay. I love that you just said that. Okay, so I guess I'm going to say, I've never really liked doing this task, but it's obviously important, so I'm just going to learn to love it. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Once I accomplish this goal, I'll finally be happy. What is the thing today, Lisa, that's going to make you smile? Love that. I love that. Okay, so I'm going to say... Wow, I've done a lot of things, accomplished a lot of things. This is one thing that I'm going to do just like everything else, because every time I do it, I'm always so happy. I love it. it really is just reframing happiness, though, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, this is the last one. Nobody cares about what I'm going through. Why on earth are you worried about other people? Focus on yourself, Lisa. Heal yourself. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Okay, so I guess I'm going to say, nobody. here I am sitting here trying to feel sorry for myself, thinking no one really cares what I'm going through, when in fact, because I care so much about what everyone else is going through, I know everyone else cares about what I'm going through, so I'm going to quit 
feeling sorry for myself and just get a smile on my face and look at everyone around me and just know they love me just like I love them. Oh my God, I love that. I'm so going to be calling you up, by the way, when I need to reframe and I'm just going to record your voice and then play it on repeat. Your answers are amazing. (laughs) I love it. Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of the episode. But before we wrap up, I have one more question for you. This podcast is all about sharing life-changing secrets. So do you have one major secret that you have learned throughout your life, maybe from a family member, maybe from a friend that uh, you find was a pivotal secret that helped you in your life that maybe you could share with our listeners? Oh, pivotal secret. I can give a tip that I do. So I'm, I'm obsessed with time management. Good. So much is going on in, you know, all of our lives. It's like, how do you do all the things and feel good about yourself? So I do things like I'll listen to books on um, either on Speechify, if it's only a PDF, um, or I'll listen to it on Audible. But I've trained myself to do it at like two and a half speed. So I read books way quicker. Um and then also what I'll do is I listen to books in the shower. So I wear a hair, uh, um, shower cap because, again, it's like, well, showering is one thing, but I'm not learning or intaking anything. It's a wasted moment. So I literally put on a shower cap and put on my earbuds and I'll listen to books in the shower I or podcast in the shower. So, in fact, here's a bit of a surprise. When you came on my show, I listened to your book in the shower. Oh. <laughs> I actually remember. <laughs> So like it's a way of like when I think about time management, when I do all the things, people say, how the hell do you do everything? It's because I take multiple things and put them together. Um, Also, one of the just Steve Jobs taught me such an amazing lesson. You know why he always wore those black shirts and sweaters? Because you can only make a certain amount of decisions in a day with a clear mind. And so he eliminated all tiny little decisions that he would have to make in a day. Like what color top does he wear? And so, yeah. And so what I do is I literally try and eliminate decisions in my life that don't actually matter. So I wear the same freaking sweatpants to the gym every day. I don't care. I wear them every single day. It's the same ones. That way I don't literally don't have to think about what I'm grabbing as I go to the gym. I love it. Um, So things like that, like time saving tools that I can implement in my life that is like is like my secret soup sauce. That's a fabulous secret. Thank you so much for sharing that. And That's one, wonderful. Oh, can I actually just add one thing? Yes. In order to get to two and a half times speed, yes, just do that. it incrementally. So on um, Audible, it has speed dial. And so it's like one is normal. Uh-huh. And then you can take it to 1.2 and uh-huh. then 1.4 and then 1.8. And so I've done that over a period of like a year or whatever. And now it's like, um, it sounds like a chipmunk uh-huh. because it goes so quickly, but I can... Like you I've can just trained maintain everything they're saying. You can hear it. You yeah. can understand it. I've oh. trained myself, yeah. That's brilliant. So now please tell the listeners where to find you online and where to get your new book one more time. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me at Lisa Bilyeu, B-I-L-Y-E-U, um, or you can go to radicalconfidence.com. Love it. Please go there right now. Secret Squad, head over to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com for recipes, photos, and blogs that I update each week just for you. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.